What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage? Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. TheChairShot.com TheChairShot.com Always, always use your head. You are now listening to Chair Shot Radio. Always use your head. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Chair Shot Radio and good Friday morning to each and every one of our listeners. Thank you for your continued listenership to Chair Shot Radio Network right there on thechairshot.com. Always use your head. You know I'll be rolling on Fridays. It's not just me. It's not just Chris. It's me, Chris, and Ray. All three, man. We doing the weaving. We're doing the sports thing. Gentlemen, welcome to almost the weekend and good Friday morning. How how you guys being? Greetings and salutations, ladies and gentlemen, as well as Ray and Tunney. It is fantastic to be here. I hope you all enjoy your Friday mornings, and preferably we can be a part of that as well. And we hope you guys have fantastic weekends. They see me rolling, we weaving. Like that. For the record, good. y'all wish me luck because I'm getting my I'm getting my second COVID shot today. So hopefully, I don't turn into uh, one of those putty oh, monsters that Rita Proposal used to do. So you already got the microchip. Yeah. They're gonna activate it tomorrow. Pretty much. Yep. Shout out to. I, out- Shout out to Isaiah Whitlock on the pod. <laughs> Ray, you were talking about you were, you were talking about some food you were eating before the show started. I want you to run down what you were just had because you absolutely fucking loved it. And everybody knows deep down that the Chair Shot is actually a cooking website. So go ahead. Absolutely, yes. All that sports, that the sports, the entertainment, and that sports entertainment is just to pay for the cooking talk. Uh, <laughs> no, so if you're ever in Houston and you're ever in South Park, there is the most hood of hood restaurants called Burger Park. It's it's one of those infamous restaurants. It is the hoodest, I mean, you when you when you pull up, the, the aroma of, of low-grade marijuana floods the scene. Notice low-grade because we're in South Park. Um, swag, swag. Nothing wrong with uh, Rice Wag. Nothing wrong with Low Swag. <laughs> and then, <laughs> the, the, the kids call it Reggie now, Tony. Okay, well, oh, I'm is that the Reggie? Well, I'm not is a kid. Is that what Reggie kid. is? It's bad word. Reggie, i.e., regular. You know what I mean? What? Look at here. Imagine, look, you got. I, you should have been where I was when I found out what a dime bag was. I was like, oh shit, I'm a drug dealer. Uh, <laughs> you open up the door, and of course, the door, you're not in the hood and you don't have bars. 
And then on top of that, the fr- the actual front part has bars. It's like you're visiting one of your homies in jail, but you're not. You're buying food, but it's fantastic. And um, I haven't eaten since nine, since eight last night. So I could have been eating hot boo boo, and it would have been fantastic. But luckily, it was the delicious, delectable burger part. So you in Houston, Ohio, and Boris, and you, Platt, you'll love this. This is how you know it's in the hood. You know what street it's on? MLK. I was going to say the same same thing. Same thing. It don't matter what major city you go in. Some shit shit Chris Rock says is true. (laughs) Yes. uh, Thank you for allowing me to speak about my love for hood delectables. Word. Word. Hey, before we get into it, tell us about debuting next week for sure. I don't care what happens next week. Hell or high water. Next Wednesday, it, April, April 28th. <laughs> yeah, get mad you at your partner. You can't, you can't quit and keep coming back for more episodes. <laughs> Damn it. Ray, tell everybody about the total package premiering next week on thecheershot.com. So, um, like I said last week, this is probably the most relevant show to promote it because if you're a fan of baseball, you know that there's a thing called a 5 tool player. Five-tool player is by metrics the best player you can be, the, almost the perfect player. You're great in all five aspects of the game. Carl and myself, the Outsiders OGs, we um, have compiled metrics, ten different metrics that we break down every wrestler in WWE by, and we rank them according to their metrics. So, um, we're going to have the top ten of Raw, top ten of SmackDown, top ten of NXT, and then the top ten of the entire company and the honorable mentions are quite fun because y'all gonna be mad at us, namely Carl. Check that out next week, hopefully. Wink, wink. Um, on the Cheshire.com Wednesdays, uh, and uh, I think it'll be fun, man. It's a it's a little mini series. This is the Cheshire's version of Wandavision with less crazy. Okay, there you go. Check it out. The total package, Ray Cash and Outsider Carl. Go ahead, Platt. I was going to say, number one, you just spoke it on air, so it's not hopefully. You kind of have to do it now. That's why Tony laid the trap for you. <laughs> no, it's, it's already done. It's already ready to roll. This shit's in the can, man. It's yeah. just we just it, it didn't work out. We, gotta, we delayed one week. That's all. So no big deal. We'll have it next week. But before we take a commercial break, not a Blake, a break, Platt, why don't you tell everybody where they can find themselves a lovely chair shot T-shirt? It's funny you bring that up, Mr. Tunney, because all you have to do is go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot and pick up an official Chair Shot t-shirt. If you go to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash The Chair Shot, peruse the t-shirts, I guarantee you're going to find something you like because we have something for everybody. We've got Jesus Did the Job, Save Tag Team Wrestling, Hashtag Journalism. I love that concept as well, by the way. Plus, if you just want to rock with the chair shot, man, we've got a lot of cool designs and that incorporate the chair shot logo with them. One of my personal faves is the Corona chair shot. I actually got that for Amber a few months back, probably a year or two back by now because we've been doing this for a long time. But but more importantly than that, if you all appreciate the content that we provide day in and day out here at the chair shot, the best way to make sure we keep providing that content day in and day out here at the chair shot is by going to ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot, supporting the movement, picking up a chair shot t-shirt, 
it's tax deductible, so you ain't got to worry about that. I don't, You're going to get the money right no, back next year. Shut not, up, Tony. You're going to get the money back right next year. Don't, don't and remember, claim that. thechairshot.com. No, claim it. Thechairshot.com. We're not just a website. We're a movement. We're, you know when you give charity, you can write that shit off, okay? We're not we're we're, we're not charity, but please buy our t shirts. Like we're a scam. Yeah, oh boy. We okay, got problems. Well, okay, well somebody get some somebody get uh, chair shot Greg on the horn so he can file for that five oh one C three nonprofit and then they can write the shit off, okay? Coming up today on the three man weave version of Chair Shot Radio Friday, April twenty third, we're gonna go over the NFL draft. We're gonna run down the UFC two sixty one card and who do we think is going to be the NBA's MVP? We'll be right back. This is your boy King Killer telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. gentlemen the nfl draft is less than a week away as people listen to this lovely friday edition of chair shot radio with the three-man weave crew right here to get you locked in next thursday is actually the first round of the nfl draft going to be held on nfl network and espn abc i believe as well gentlemen i just want to talk about pretty much the first half of the draft Let's get into these first two picks because I think this is the part of the draft that is pretty much no-brainer, right? Everybody expects Trevor Lawrence go number one, obviously going to the Jacksonville Jaguars, and Zach Wilson, two to the Jets. Do either of you have any disagreement that those should be the first two quarterbacks taken? Yes. 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 Trevor Lawrence is a no-brainer. I think he is the most, I don't want to say can't miss because it's the NFL. You know, everybody can miss. But I think he he has to be number one. From what he showed at his time at Clemson, he's got to be number one. Point blank, period. I don't even think there's a discussion for that, right? Zach Wilson. BYU hasn't put out a decent quarterback in like 30 years now. I know they used to be affectionately known as quarterback U. But I think y'all need to pump their break. You pump your brakes a little bit. Yes, BYU had a great season, but they were playing as Dick Vitale would call them, Cupcake City, baby. For Justin Fields to slide down after he obliterated Trevor Lawrence in the semifinal college football playoff game, for him to slide down, and I think it's all the Dwayne Haskins effect that. I, that's not fair to him. And I know a fair is where you judge the pigs and have the pie-eating contest, but it doesn't make sense to me. It, it just doesn't. But it's the Jets. So, frankly, I kind of hope Zach Wilson goes there so Justin Fields has an opportunity. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. They both they make sense, honey. They all make sense. Yes. Zach Wilson, number two. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, 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 yay. Zach, Zach, Zach. Zach is back. Yay, yay, yay. Ray, I don't know why he's so mad at Zach Wilson. <laughs> a lot of emotions there. Um, I get it, though, because all the, all the way up until pro days, Wilson and Fields were like neck and neck. And then all of a sudden, people forgot about Fields. Zach Wilson is a bit. I think Zach Wilson is a little better than Fields because while he's not as athletic as Fields is, 
Zach Wilson is the closest thing. Zach Wilson's, if we're do, like basketball, we're doing comps, reminds me a lot of Matt Ryan. I know, I know Matt Ryan has had his moments, but Matt Ryan is a Hall of Fame quarterback who's won MVP. He's a Hall of Famer. He's a Hall of Famer. The numbers show that. The numbers show Hall of Fame. I hate Matt Ryan because I'm a Flacco guy, same year. But the numbers show that. And you can do a lot worse than Matt Ryan. Um, yeah, I think Wilson is the pick. But um, number three is going to be interesting when we talk about that. Well, let's talk about it. Uh, Chris Mortensen today said that from his insiders and his talk with the 49ers organization, that it's he's coming out and saying, I would, I would 99% say that Mac Jones is going to be picked at number three. Um, I, I don't, maybe, maybe San Francisco moved up to, to, to trade that pick with Garoppolo to New England for something. I don't know to keep the pick, what they're doing with it here. I don't know why they moved up so high to get Mac Jones. I think they could have traded somewhere else. That's my personal opinion. A lot of people still say Justin Fields is going number three. Uh, a lot of people are wondering if Trey Lance moved up after his last pro day. What do you guys think the 49ers should do? Ray, you brought it up. I mean, personally, if, I, if I'm making a mock draft because of the information I've heard, I say they pick Mac Jones. But honestly, man, why not take Justin Fields? He seems like a guy that could easily fit into your system unless they just don't think he's accurate enough. Um. So there is – they're going to pick Mac Jones. That's not what I would do. They're going to pick Mac Jones. But I would not be surprised if there is a trade done with San Francisco that day, or probably more pertinently Friday. Um, whether it's Mac, whether it's Jimmy G, some kind of way, they can't keep both of those guys. They're not going to keep both of them. Um, but Mac Jones is probably the, the, in the NFL where there's smoke, there's fire. Very rarely are we shocked on in, on draft day. Like truly, in, in the top five, genuinely shocked. It does not happen often. The last, the only other time I can remember being shocked in the top five was Mario Williams going over Reggie and Vince. And that made sense on paper. So other than that, it doesn't happen very often. So Mac Jones is going to be the pick. I wouldn't go that route. I'd go, I, Justin Fields is the right guy for that offense, but hell, Trey Lance is, a, is right for that offense too. As big as he is, he can throw it out the damn, he could throw it from, he could throw it literally to Oakland. So, yeah. I don't see where all this Mac Jones love has come from. I mean, did y'all see what he was working with at Alabama last year? Ray, Tunney, and myself could have threw for three, 4,000 yards with the arsenal that they had at Alabama. It just is what it is. Okay, Tunney, you could have threw for five. All right. <laughs> I just don't understand where all this love is coming from. And listen. I'm not cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs over any quarterback in this draft that isn't named Trevor Lawrence. I think everybody has their flaws, but in terms of prospect-wise, I don't see anybody that is ahead of any... It's, it, we're taking Trevor Lawrence out the, the picture. He's basically God at this particular point in time. I don't see anybody ahead of Justin Fields. There's nothing that I saw on the field this year that I saw that anybody's ahead of Justin Fields. And I mean... Now, one thing we do have to consider, too, we're, we're talking about San Francisco and the Shanahan's. I don't want to dwell on it too long, but it is what it is. And I'm not saying Kyle is his daddy, but the Shanahan's don't exactly have the best luck when it comes to black players, or the best track record, rather, when it comes to black players. Is that a factor here? 
I don't know. I'm not saying it is. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. How funny would it be if they just shocked us all and just like drafted like Pnei Soul? <laughs> like how hilarious would it be if they just drafted the left tackle? It wouldn't that be, would be hilarious. It wouldn't be stupid, in my opinion. They have. It depends on how much they actually believe in Jimmy Garoppolo. I mean, honestly, I feel like Garoppolo could still easily get moved to the Patriots, and they could end up drafting Justin Fields or or, or Trey Lance, and and having Cam Newton be their quarterback this year still, right? Like we know, Bill Belichick is in love with Je- with Jimmy Garoppolo, though. What do you do, though? I know you don't like that idea, Ray, but. If you're going to trade Garoppolo and you're going to trade him to New England, do you really want one of these rookie quarterbacks that, I don't know, I don't know if Justin Fields or Trey Lance are ready, even even less so Trey Lance, who've seen play one game in the last year or however long it's been. So I think three is obviously the most interesting pick here in the draft. So so let me flip this to y'all. What if the long game is to draft Mac Jones to put a conundrum on Belichick? To get, because Belichick normally doesn't trade big picks. He's he's a I'll trade you a fourth, a fifth, a third. He doesn't really trade major assets like that. Um, we know the two quarterbacks that that are not Brady that 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 uh, Belichick wants most in this world are Mac Jones and Jimmy Garoppolo. Well, we got both the motherfuckers. It's like it's like a monopoly when you need a monopoly, but I got the third one, and it's like you got to make me a deal, baby. What's up? So, what if what if they do a trade for Mac and I don't know Mac and but for the fifteenth pick, uh, first next year or some something that makes it make worthwhile, and I don't know because in the fifteenth pick it's a lot of receivers you can get. That's sure. really now, good. Now, see, Mel Kiper has Justin Fields going at three, and then he's got the Patriots trading up to seven to get Mac Jones. So, I mean. Feel free to throw in at any spot. I don't see the Patriots, like you said, giving up that much to move up to three. I don't see the Niners really moving off of three once they've gotten here. So, very interesting pick. I, I'm Well, let's move down to four now. Let's move down to Atlanta, picking fourth. Obviously, Matt Ryan's getting older. There's going to be at least two quarterbacks left here. This could be a good spot to say, hey, we're going to take a guy. We're going to take a Trey Lance, maybe, or if Mac Jones or Justin Fields is left at four. We're going to take them, and we're going to have them sit for a year or two behind Matt Ryan because I believe they can move on from Matt Ryan's contract after this year. But a lot of people are saying they're still believing Matt Ryan in Atlanta, and Kyle Pitts would be the pick here. Platt, what do you think? Because personally, we've talked about this, and I think Kyle Pitts is probably the most home run pick on the board, especially for the upcoming season. Yeah, I don't care about Atlanta. Uh, just, just quickly though, I'll, I'll get there. But I, I live here, but that. I don't give a shit about the football team at all. I, I hate when they're on TV. Like, how do you have Julio Jones and you're just boring to watch? But th- I, we'll get there just real quick. I just wanted to double back quickly about the New England thing. I, I think they do want to get a trade to move up and get one of these guys. I can see Mac Jones making Belichick moist, but they don't have a whole lot to work with which is one of the reasons that they weren't able to get into the uh, quarterback carousel this offseason. They just, that cupboard is very bare right now. They're old Mother Hubbard, you know? Um, yeah, the tight end makes the most sense for Atlanta. You pair him with Julio Jones and think and pray that maybe Matt Ryan can recapture some of his MVP caliber season and you just go out and try to outscore people. I mean, the Saints are going to be down without Drew, conceivably. 
Brady can't keep doing this shit forever. Maybe you just go out there and you just torch everybody and, and score a bunch of points. And, you know, going into this offseason, you have to think that you have a realistic shot at this division, right? If you're Atlanta. I mean, in the South, you always think you have a uh, real, unless you're the unless you're the, pack, the Panthers. You always think you have a realistic shot, right? Remember what I just said five minutes, not even five minutes ago, that top the top five of the draft normally doesn't have surprises? The lie detector test determined that was a lie. Hey, it's not my baby. I told you. I told you. Beep, 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 beep. I like when they play don't the music. Follow me, don't follow me. I like when they play the music and they just start dancing. It's like, mm-ts, mm-ts, not my mm-ts, mm-ts, baby. Mm-ts, mm-ts. <laughs> they should start playing Billie Jean at that point, you know? <laughs> hey, Mari got Mari got money. Mari ain't got Mike Jack money, dog. Um, Trey Lance, that's a move. Kyle Pitts makes the most sense for this year, but you got a brand new coach. You have a whole new regime. The move is getting your guy. Of the top five quarterbacks that we have bloviated about four months, only one of them need to sit this year, and that is Trey Lance. Let that man sit for a year. Let, let him have his Patrick Mahomes moment. Let Mitt Ryan have one last blaze of glory and try to get it done before Julio say, I'm out this bitch. Because Julio's, Julio's prime is coming very close to being over and uh, Calvin Ridley's going to want out eventually if y'all don't do something um, and the, like I said Trey Lance can throw it a mile so I think that's actually what they end up doing although I get the Cal Pitts move he's probably the best player in the draft not named Devontae Smith honestly the most Atlanta thing to do with this pick is to go grab one of those Alabama wide receivers <laughs> That's the most they, they hate thing Bama, though, right? <laughs> they could possibly do. Yeah, that ain't happening. They don't need receivers. Let, let's move on to the fifth pick because you could make a case that Joe Burrow would be pushing for his buddy Jamar Chase. Obviously, he should be left on the board here at five, but I think the smart pick for the Bengals. Joe Burrow can't throw to Jamar Chase if he's laying flat on his back, coming off an injury. Penny Sewell seems like the most slam dunk pick in this first round. Would you guys agree? Disagree? Not even a question, man, because quiet is kept. Left tackle might be the most important position in all of football. So, yeah, you got to get that man. You you need to keep him on his feet because you did a horrible job of doing that last year. So, yeah, you got to do what you got to do to keep this man on his feet, healthy, and in the game. Legit question. Look, we all agree there's not really much else to talk about, but a legit question. I know you normally pick the left tackle. 100% of the time in a situation like this. But what if the wide receiver has an otherworldly, um, has a Roethlisberger to Antonio Brown, has a, has a Marvin Harrison, Peyton Manning, has a, um, what's my boy's name? Um, Jerry Rice to Joe Montana esque. Like they have that level of rapport. And the, and the receiver could end up being the best receiver in the game. Do you still say, fuck it, I'm going to go and get a, a just a... a... Penay Sewell isn't a run-of-the-mill lineman, but I mean, he's just a lineman. And I know that's important, but the possibilities of what Jamar Chase could do with Joe Burrow is tantalizing. It's at least a question. 
It's a question, but we can't get there if we can't get this melon farmer and keep this melon farmer on the field. And they've been proven that they can't do that as of now. So you 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 got to protect your investment. I, I like I like what you're saying, but it's a deep wide receiver league right now. That might change in the next two or three years, but it's not that hard to go out and get a quality receiver right now. Do you know who you're talking to? I'm a Baltimore Ravens fan. Yes, it is. That sounds yes, like a personal is. problem, sir. Sir. Yeah. Um, all, the, yeah. all I got to say is that seven rounds in the draft, bro. The draft ain't over after after pick one. I'm just saying. Speaking of Jamar Chase, <clears throat> I'm guessing if he's left on the board, he'll be the first receiver taken. Oh. And with Will Fuller out, I believe, six games and no one else to throw the ball to but Devontae Parker, Jamar Chase seems like a pretty good wide receiver taken at six for Miami. I understand the connection between Tua and Waddle and Devontae Smith, but Jamar Chase seems like the most talented guy on the board. Do you think Kyle Pitts, if he's still there, they still pick I don't think, Chase? I don't think Pitts is left there. I think if Pitts falls okay. even to five, I think Cincinnati could take Pitts over Sewell. I mean, Oh, so it's cool to pick Pitts over Sewell, but Jamar Chase is too much? Yeah, He said that, not me. Because a tight end not only can help with blocking, but he can also be a yeah. better go-to guy. I mean, Pitts is the kind of guy that if you don't have anybody open and you need to get rid of it, that's a dude you're just going to throw the ball up to, right? That's, I mean, I'm not disagreeing with you. There's, there's, you know, I've been watching a lot of coverage, NFL Network, uh, ESPN, et cetera, et cetera. And even Mel Kuyper said, this might be one of the most interesting drafts in the 43 years I've been covering this. And for Mel Kuyper to say something like that, you know, I, I, what do you guys think the Dolphins do here? No, Jamar Chase is the pick. You got to get one of those Bama receivers. You pray that Tua is healthy. I don't understand all the Tua slander, by the way, but you pray that he's healthy, back mobile, and can do some things with his legs as well as his arm. But you go get him a receiver right here, and you start to build. Do you think Jamar Chase is the best receiver in, in, in the draft, or do you think Waddle or Smith is better? That's a great Smith, question. Smith I don't have an answer for that. I think yeah. Waddle. I think Waddle's God, the best. A great question. I honestly think Smith is the third best out of these three receivers. Good job. Well, yeah, well, okay, maybe because Waddle was hurt. So that may be the game. And Jamar Smith opted out of last year, didn't he? Um, Jamar Chase, yeah, I think, I think so, yeah. Chase, yeah. yeah. My bad. Combining yeah. everybody's name here. Well, I mean, you, you spoke, Platt said earlier that we could throw, if we were, if we were Mac Jones, we could throw 4,000 yards. Well, one of us literally was the quarterback for LSU last year. So, <laughs> yeah, I would probably take Chase. Uh, Waddle's a little small. I think what he's about what five, ten, five, eleven, something like that. Both of them are smaller receivers. Yeah, Devontae Smith and Duche. is six foot, I believe. So none of them are all. None of them are. You're not getting a Kenny Galladay. You're not getting a, a Julio Jones here. You're not getting a Plaxico Burris. You're getting a smaller Antonio Brown, hopefully, like receiver. Well, I thought Chase was a legit six, though. I thought the other two were hovering around five, thing. ten, Chase five. Right, but yeah, six foot yeah. is not a tall receiver anymore. Uh, okay, fair. That's fair. That's fair. Number seven is an interesting pick. Detroit Lions have it. Uh, I don't know where they would go with this pick if they ended up keeping it. Maybe Rashawn Slater out of Northwestern. It sounds like a little early to take a linebacker, which they could use. Maybe Patrick Sertain, um, J.C. Horn. I'm not sure. They don't know what to do either, man. <laughs> they don't. It's the fucking lies, man. They'll take the best player possible or who they perceive to be the best player that's still on the board. 
Hey. That wasn't your car, was it? No, it wasn't. It's just everything possible to make noise while we record. Okay, cool. Hey, it's not those damn wind chimes, though. <laughs> I'm giving them the old hey. uh, smoke blown out of my ears signal there. <laughs> Their quarterback is Jared Goff, right? Correct. They might pick Panace. They might pick um, Rashawn Slater. They need if they if if that's if that's your if that's your quarterback, you I, need I to have seven back blocking. Right, a receiver is a possibility there as well. Right, they just lost Kenny Galladay to free agency, so and they lost Golden Tate too, didn't they? Marvin Jones as well, I believe. So yeah, uh, that's a very good possibility. I could see them trading down. Uh, the mock draft I'm looking at, they got New England trading into that spot to take a possible Mac Jones, Justin Fields, Trey Lance kind of thing there. How about Carolina? I could see that. How about Carolina at eight? Because I heard rumors that they may even take a quarterback still if one of those four or five are left. Um, it doesn't seem that they're that high on uh, Teddy Bridgewater or Sam Darnold because they haven't picked up Sam Darnold's fifth-year option yet. But I suppose it's a good problem to have. We'll see. Maybe they trade Sam Darnold here and, and pick a quarterback. Right now it looks like a, probably an offensive lineman if they decide to go with Darnold. What do you guys think about Carolina? I'm glad you brought that up because I forgot that they traded for another quarterback other than Teddy Two Gloves, and I couldn't remember who it was. But, yeah, Sam Darnold. Teddy Two Gloves going to end up starting by the end of the season. <laughs> what they do here, I have no idea. Honestly, I have no button on the pulse of what Carolina should do or what they're going to do. All I know is it's probably going to be wrong. <laughs> well, it's Carolina. Everything they do is yeah. wrong. Yeah, except yeah. for Christian McCaffrey. Um, Sam Darnold is Sam Darnold is the most un, is the most disrespected quarterback in football right now. I think Sam Darnold is going to end up having a an Alex Smith esque career in that and with the with a better arm because Alex Smith can't throw fifteen yards. Um, because Alex Smith had everything you needed it's just he didn't have anybody to believe in him all those years in San Francisco a different coach a different coordinator for like five years you saw when you gave him a legit coach he was a legit starter he's a stabilizing he became a stabilizing force as he got older Sam Darnold can start he's a very good quarterback he just had nobody to believe in him um so I disagree with you. I think if Darnold gets a shot, I think he keeps the job. Even though Bridgewater may be the more trustworthy quarterback right now, Darnold gives you more of a chance to win because he can make more plays than Teddy can. Well, the other thing about the Darnold, too, is he's getting paid a lot less money and they can still pick up the fifth year next year, and that's going to save dollars on the cap if you get rid of Bridgewater. Just just really quick, Tony, I apologize, but by disagreeing with me, you're also agreeing with me because the three of us have this argument in private all the time. And I, I try to stress to you all how important it is to get drafted by the right team. And I think Sam Darnold, he proves exactly what I'm saying. I, Sam I, Darnold is super talented. Like, I'm not saying he's not talented at all. I, like, I see, you know, he showed flashes even with the Jets. But I feel like he might have been poisoned just by being on the Jets. I think he's damaged goods at this particular point in time. Wrong, I hope wrong. that he does have a resurgence. But, yeah, I don't. I think he's, yeah. He's damn wrong good. team, wrong team, wrong coach, wrong market, wrong everything. Absolutely. Don't be surprised if Carolina maybe goes with receiver here with a bunch of good receivers yeah. here at the top of the draft, considering that DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson, I believe, are both on the last year of their contract. Denver Broncos picked ninth. Their quarterback situation has been a hot mess since Peyton Manning retired. 
I understand Drew Locke has a good arm, but if Trey Lance is left here, that's not a bad pick, no. I think. And, and that's that's what I no think the, the Denver Broncos should do. No brainer. And I know Elway's not running the team anymore, but this reeks of Elway. A big athletic quarterback with a strong arm. I mean, John Elway, his dick gets hard when he sees those types of guys. You know, uh, Paxton Lynch, Drew Locke. I'm sure I'm forgetting a couple as well. And I know he's not running the team anymore, but yeah, this screams Trey Lance all day long. Like this, ooh, ooh, ooh. like the cartoons and they get to the kiss by the girl and their eyes start bugging and the heart goes, boom, 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 boom. yeah, yeah, all day. That list of quarterbacks is exactly why you don't pick Trey Lance. <laughs> because it hasn't worked. The same <laughs> formula is not working. Build up your squad. Get get your interior offense and defensive lines together. Get your linebackers. Get some receivers. You know, my man, what's my what's the what's the running back out there that's really really light skinned? In Denver, Philip Lindsay. Christian McCaffrey. Oh, you no. mean in Denver? My bad. Philip Lindsay. Philip Lindsay. Oh, he's gone. Killing himself. He moved. He, but he's he some, Yeah, he's he went. He's on another team now. I forgot where. But he was out there killing himself. Because they don't have a line, and they have a quarterback. Find get your you can you find your quarterback, but this too that's too early, and that's too many first round picks on on quarterbacks that you don't know. If you're gonna get a quarterback that early, and you it needs to either be a sure thing or you need to be in a position to where a quarterback that's not a sure thing you can bring them along. Denver has neither. So right now. This, if, if he slips, he won't. But if he slips, this is a good place for Slater. This is a good place for Sertain, maybe. Get, like, build your team strong and play old school ball, run the ball, play good defense, and then you're going to find a quarterback eventually. But just to keep throwing first-round picks and second-round picks at quarterbacks every year and none of them work, it's not working. And you're just killing your cap. Let's talk about the last thing we're going to talk about here, going over the top 10 draft picks before we move on to some UFC and NBA talk here. <clears throat> You're listening to ChairShot Radio, by the way, right here on ChairShot Radio Network, part of the ChairShot.com. Always use your head. Dallas Cowboys, do they move up? Jarrah Jones seems like he's really, really interested in a bunch of guys, namely Kyle Pitts. Do you see them moving up? Because I don't mind them picking a corner here. Patrick Sertain, uh, J.C. Horn. I, I know there's a couple decent other defensive players out there. Maybe like a Micah Parsons from from uh, Penn State. What do, what do you guys see the Dallas Cowboys doing in this draft? They should move down. Get as many picks as they can to try to fortify that defense. That's what they should do. Is that what Jerry's going to do? Probably not. This is another spot. Who do I, I don't remember what team I talked about earlier, and I said they're just going to take what they perceive to be the best player on the board. I think Jerry does the same thing here, even though that's not the smart pick. That's not the smart play, Jerry, if this gets back to you. It's not the smart play. Holla at me. One of the most open secrets in football over the past five years has been that Jerry Jones is not in control of the draft anymore. Steven runs the draft. That's the reason why they've had good drafts recently. I think Steven is, 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 is smart enough to understand that trading up to get a big, flashy guy while it might sell tickets ain't going to win you games, even if it is Kyle Pitts. Stay at 10, get the lockdown corner, build your defense back up like Platt said, or fall back and get some more picks. But build that defense up because you, you just gave 
Your running back got $100 million. Your wide receiver got $100 million. Now your quarterback got $75,000 million or whatever it is he signed for. Eventually, like, you can't win games 55 to, to 51. You're going to have to stop some. And if this is a team that's built that, as much as I hate to say it, actually can reach a Super Bowl, they're going to have to stop somebody eventually. Go go with the right pick. The right pick is Patrick Sertain. All right, folks. If you want to hear and see more draft coverage, I do believe we're going to have a live draft pre-show next week, Thursday. Remains to be seen who's going to be on there. But uh, we're going to get some video running up there on the old social media for you, and we'll have some of the chair shot personalities shooting the breeze before the NFL draft next Thursday. Make sure you're checking that out. Make sure you're checking out thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. Come on, man. Gentlemen, Dana White just continues to deliver great card after great card after great card. And once again, we're getting a UFC event with three title matches. Ray, Chris, I am super excited for this weekend. Not only do we have possibly the top pound-for-pound fighter in the world in Kamaru Usman fighting atop of this card, but we also get two excellent women's title matches Ray, how much are you looking forward to this weekend? Usman Masvidal, too. Bought it already. Doesn't that go to show you? That says a lot. Bought it already. Yeah, I spent my hard-earned money way ahead of time because I knew that I needed to watch this. I No matter what I was doing, I needed to stop what I was doing and watch this entire card. And you mentioned the top three title fights. Uriah Hall versus Captain America, Chris Weidman. Mm-hmm. Anthony Lionheart Smith versus Jimmy Crew, my God! Yeah, like this, the main card is stacked. Is it's one of the it's one of the best five fight main cards ever in UFC history, in my opinion. When you run it down yeah. from one through five on the main, number one, it's it's Chris Weed Man. That's his name. I didn't make this up. That's his name. But th- this is an excellent card, up and down. I'm excited for this, but I, I feel like you gentlemen are burying the lead. The fact that this is going to be taking place in front of a full capacity crowd. That's going to be very interesting, and it's going to be a real litmus test for where we are as a society. I'm praying that it goes off without any hitches or giddy-ups, because that means that's the sooner that we are to getting back to normalcy, whatever that's going to look like on the other side of this. So I'm hoping that it goes off without any hitches, but Hey, I don't know, dog. Never great to have a hitch in any kind of giddy-up, but I did bring it up on Monday. They are having 15,000 fans there, right? And who better to start with it than the than the one company that's been running stuff the entire time, right? I think they've had a great track record of keeping their fighters, their staff, and the people in attendance very, very safe since they've been doing this. But like you said, if we come out of this with 5,000 people getting COVID or something like that and, and you know, 100 people die because 15,000 people got together, shit's going to hit the fucking fan. But I don't think that's necessarily going to be the case. 
I think UFC's done a good enough job with this. So I'm, I'm looking forward to feeling that energy through the television, right? I mean, you could tell the, the, the difference was obviously palpable in WrestleMania, right? We, we saw fans there, and, and it wasn't even packed in, you know? Um, what do you think, Ray? That's the one thing that makes me feel better about it is that we had WrestleMania, and that, and I know 50,000 people, however many, whatever the real number is, a lot of people could have gotten and just not said nothing, but the only only we only heard of one case of COVID. So like, it makes me feel better. But I also think that uh, Dana White is a massive dick, and you know, so because he opens his mouth and just says stupid shit. Um, but nonetheless, he's done his job. He's done he, all he can do is build the house, sell the house, and then whatever happens happens. He picked the right the right state, picked the right city to have his business. I hope it goes off without a hitch, like you said, because it'd be a damn shame for a card this good to be marred with COVID super spreader event. Yeah, I think I accidentally said Vegas. They're at the Vice Star Veterans Memorial Arena in Jacksonville. My bad. Little reaction. No, I agree with everything. No, go ahead, man. I was going to say they're going to T-Mobile back in Vegas for McGregor Poirier. Right. So that ought to be fun. Correct. Yeah. I can't wait to be able to get back to Vegas. But, yeah, we'll see. And Dana, other than probably maybe Donald Trump, I think, and Pierce Morgan, I think Dana has come out of this pandemic looking worse than anybody else in the world at this point in time. I mean, but I'm praying for you. And, I mean, it's a hell of a card. I mean, we, we can get back to that if you guys want to, but we had to give some, some credence on the fact that it's going to be full capacity. You know, that's, you know, it is what it is. 100%. Well, yes. I was just saying worse personally, but professionally, he's smelling like a rose. Mm, Touche. I'm sure William Morris endeavors are happy with him right now. So here are the five fights on the main card. Ray had already brought up a couple of the under uh, card on the main part of the card. Anthony Smith against Jimmy Crute. Light heavyweight matchup there, both, I believe, in the top 15 in the UFC. Uriah Hall yeah. versus Chris Weidman. You got a great middleweight matchup there. So you're not even getting, like, really top tier smaller fighters you're getting some of the bigger boys in this little bit of an undercard on the main event Valentina Shevchenko one of the most dominant women in the past taking on Jessica Andrade what do you think about this fight uh, Ray I don't know Andrade is a very difficult opponent here in the flyweight division she is and she's a bigger flyweight she has a lot of power to her she can kind of break people down but Shevchenko is like I said on head trauma is a murderer She's real-life Lizzie Borden. She will come in the octagon and murder <laughs> you. And, like, no, like, if she was 20 pounds heavier, that would be the, that would be the fight for Amanda News because she's that dangerous, but she's just at the way she is. But I don't think Andrade stands a chance, and that's no diss to Andrade. Valentina Shevchenko is... It's crazy. The three women's champions are the most dominant champions in the business, and... The number one pound for pound fighter is the welterweight champion who made the rest of the card. That says a lot about the champions right now. Yeah, Shevchenko and Usman are the biggest favorites on this card at minus 420. Platt, any any thoughts on the women's division here? We also got Weili Zhang taking on Rose Namajunas. That fight is for the strawweight title. Weili only has one loss. So you got two really dominant champions here. I'm thinking I might have to order this event and y'all know how i am about events of this nature 
So yes. can I order it via pay-per-view or do I have to go through ESPN Plus? Do I have to sign up for ESPN Plus and then pay for it and that's what I got to do? Yeah. All you'll right, a, well, it's still... You'll get a disc. If you don't have ESPN Plus already and you want to sign up for ESPN mm-hmm. Plus, they will instantly, when you sign up for ESPN Plus, they'll offer you a discounted rate on this pay-per-view. So instead of probably paying... $50 for a year of ESPN plus and what's the pay-per-view hundred and something I would imagine I think it's 70 I think it's 79 with HD okay so if you have they'll give you a break with ESPN plus you probably get it for like 70 or 60 or something yeah I'm good because the 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 the, <laughs> buck, the, the buck was it the nefarious means saving every month nefarious means yeah. com. <laughs> Yeah, because the buck twenty that I'm saving from not having to pay the WWE Network every year, that's already bookmarked towards the NFL Network, so I don't have to spend 45 minutes every Sunday morning trying to find a good Brown stream. So, yeah, shout out to UFC though, man. You won't get my money, but you will get my support. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about the main event briefly before we move on well, in this podcast. Go ahead. Can I can I say something about Namahunas and Zane? No. Okay. Yeah, of course. Don't ask. Just talk. Um, Only if you apologize. I love... Only if you say I'm sorry. I need, I want. I'm kidding. I'm just fucking with you now. Asshole. <laughs> Lo siento. Better. Uh, um, they, they not. No. Wei, Wei Li Zhang again is a beast. She's looked damn near untouchable. But uh, I, we'd be remiss if we didn't talk about the path that Rose has taken the thug because you got to remember she's gone through so much personally she had a major bout with uh, depression and with that she thought she was good enough and then she took time off she damn near retired came back when she came back Conor McGregor ne- nearly ruined her career because he threw the shit and she got the glass in her eye all shit has happened but when she's on she rarely loses Problem is she doesn't she hasn't fought it she's only fought like twice in like three years or whatever it is because of emotional personal issues and that Conor McGregor situation. She's healthy, she's ready. I think she's primed and she's still gonna lose. But I love me some thug. So yeah, just wanted to shout out to thug. What are the chances that Jorge Masvidal pulls off a massive upset, Ray? Settle. No, I'll give him ten. I'll give him ten percent because any striker deserves. Or ten percent, ten percent shot. So, here, here's the money in the breakdown of this fight. Kamar Usman sees the writing on the wall, knowing that he's right now the, the active pound for pound number one in the male, and maybe pound for pound overall. I don't know how they do it with the and it with the women. He knows that we have an African world a heavyweight champion, an African middleweight champion, and we're looking at a card in Africa. Now, Masvidal is is one of the most dangerous strikers in the game. And he has cardio, the likes of Clay Guido. He can go all night. Usman wants to knock his ass out, and he knocked out Gilbert Burns. He's shown he could do that. But he's smart enough to understand he's GSP-esque like this in that I'm just going for the win. I don't give a shit if you like it. He would be smart, and it would behoove him to just go out there and beat Masvidal doesn't have does, doesn't have a good sprawl. Doesn't have a good takedown defense. So he could take him down all night, ground and pound, get out. It's gonna go oh five, but he will be smartest. He use his wrestling ability. He's the best wrestler in the world now that Habib is gone. And get that win, 
and go main event in your home in your home continent, brother. Because if he tries to stand over Masvidal, there's a very good chance he's going to get caught with a knee or a heel or an elbow or something that he's not expecting, and he's going to go to sleep. And I hate that, but Masvidal's that good. So that which is exactly why I would give Masvidal a thirty percent chance. I mean, think about it. I mean, he's the last time he took the fight on six and a half minutes notice. Like he had enough time to put out his cigarette, stretch, and then he was going to the ring. Yep. So he's going to have a full training camp now. He's been in the ring with the man before, so they're going to try to. I'm sure they're going to strategize around that. Do I think he's going to win? Hell no. But I, I feel like if he's going to get him, it's going to be within the first couple of rounds because after that, Uzma's just going to pick him apart, just like he did the first fight. Should be a great card Saturday night. Usman, Shevchenko, Weili Zhang all defending their titles. I give Masvidal pretty much a 2% chance of winning. 1% Usman slips, and the other 1% he slips back on top of him. So uh, Usman, is, Usman is someone to be reckoned with. And I'm looking forward to all the great cards uh, that you possibly brought up. Uh, maybe a, uh, an event out in Africa would be spectacular. Go ahead, Ray. One, one question for you, Tony. And Platt, jump in if you want, but I know... We've spoken about this personally, but Mag said on Head Trauma that he officially believes that Kamara Usman, as of right now, is the greatest welterweight of all time. That's over Matt Hughes. That's over George St. Pierre. Is that blasphemous, or are we right? Is he right? Let, I just want to bring up that over a month ago, I threw it out there that I thought Usman was the best fighter in the game, and everybody, including Mags, and we love our brother Mags, but all you melon farmers looked at me like I had maggots coming out of my eye sockets. Well, he's not better than John Jones, but he may be the best ultraweight ever. Well, he's not active. John's not active right now. Uh, I said active. He's is not active. he though? He ain't fought in a while. <clears throat> is he though? You let me know when Kamaru Usman is a character in the Marvel Universe. Until then, we're gonna play a commercial and come right back with some NBA talk. Why should you visit TheChairShot.com? TheChairShot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude. Why? Because you're smarter than the average fan. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Gentlemen, we're getting down to the nitty-gritty normal times. The NBA playoffs would be pretty much starting this week, I believe. But in these post-COVID times, we have till the end of May, and every team in the NBA has about 15 games left. So we are right on down to the home stretch. Some of the biggest news right now outside of the conversation we're about to have is it seems like Anthony Davis will play Thursday, and then LeBron James is back to contact drills as well. So... Interesting to see the Lakers get revved up there. I know Kawhi Leonard has been out for a while. Giannis has sat some games in addition. James Harden, it sounds like he's back to square one with his injury. So, gentlemen, I ask you, if things hold how they kind of are, who do you foresee being the NBA's MVP this season? Ray, you look like you're ready to talk. <sighs> okay. I think we can eliminate Harden and KD for sure. We can eliminate Steph. Not, um, I'm sorry, not Steph. Um, uh, LeBron for sure. All due respect to Giannis, he's just not getting enough buzz right now, and that's no fault of his own. But I think we can eliminate him. 
I think the, the conversation is about Embiid. The conversation is about um, he's he's active, so it's really who's left. It's about Joker, and it's about the man who I think, with the recency bias that we have as basketball fans, is going to win the MVP, and that is Wardell Stephen Curry. I, look, I know it's blasphemous. <clears throat> I know it's crazy, but he is do. This man's won two MVPs. The only guy to ever win a unanimous MVP. This man has done. He's already broken every record there is to break, and he's breaking his own records. Like what he's doing, and legitimately, legitimately, there's not another guy on his squad that can get ten. Legitimately, he single-handedly put these boys on his back. Uh, shout out to old boy put the team on back though and they're in the playoffs and might make some noise I just I, I just don't know how it, unless you're going by unless you're a, believe, a believer that the most valuable player is the best player on the best team I don't know how Steph isn't it as of right now April 23rd so speaking of opinions that I said on these airwaves that had people looking like I had turds coming out of my mouth Joker, and I, I stay out of the way of the media because I don't want to. I don't want my opinion sullied by what somebody else has said. I don't want somebody else planting seeds in my head. I try to avoid that and try to come with some fresh takes and my my fresh opinion. He, he's 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 got to be on the short list right now. Number one, he's starting to get some buzz too. The Jamal Murray injury that hurts significantly. We can all agree to that. But if they can hold it down and finish in the top four, I think he's got a legitimate shot. Embiid, I get why Embiid's getting all the buzz. They're the top seed in the East. The media likes Embiid. I get it. I can't argue, Chef. Like, what he's doing right now, this reminds me of where when, you remember when Kobe at the year, I can't remember what year it was, but Kobe Kobe averaged like 86 points a game and the Lakers were trash. That's kind of what that reminds me of. And he has gotten them into the playoff hunt. If he could possibly get them up into the top five, there's legitimate argument to be made there. Uh, Giannis, he's missed some time. He's kind of ice cold right now. This is weird because it feels like it's a bunch of substitute teachers that are fighting for the throne at this particular point in time. Because y'all know how the NBA works. Typically, we know who's going to be the MVP by about January because the media, they all get a, a, on board and say, okay, we're going to push this guy and he's going to be the MVP. Because of a lot of the injuries, I don't think we have that this year. I'd also like to throw Baby Dame some love him in Portland because he, he always gets overlooked and it's not his fault that you know he came up in a time with Chef and Harden and 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 Westbrook was averaging triple doubles in consecutive seasons that's not his fault all he does is go out and be baby Dame and be great if I had to do a top three though it's it's hard right now because of the injuries because like I agree with everything Ray said the Brooklyn guys they decided to use all their PTO in the regular season so they're kind of <laughs> out uh, you know <laughs> they need to like, get the boys some comp time bro yeah, yeah. yeah LeBron and Brown they've both kind of you know they've dealt with their injuries same thing with Kawhi top three guns to my head I'll probably go Joker Embiid and baby Dame. I don't feel great about that list, but that's probably where I would go at this particular point in time. Hey, and and shout out to shout out to a guy who won't get any who won't get any votes. But Spider, I wasn't even gonna count him. But Spider deserves Spider deserves a huge shout. But Julius Randle has put a whole city on his back. Give that man some love. 
I'm glad you said that, Ray, because before we came on these airwaves, I was thinking about it, and I, I I wanted to give him love as well. So thank you for bringing that up. It just slipped my mind. I didn't write anything down. Yeah, I believe Knicks are the winners of seven in a row up to the five spot in the East. So here's how I got it breaking down. And <clears throat> it's hard to get, disagree to a certain extent with anything you guys just said, right? I think everybody here respects everybody's NBA opinion. I think it's a three-man race. If Philadelphia finishes the season first in the East and Joel Embiid doesn't miss any more games, the dude's averaging 30, 11, and three assists with a block and a half and a steal a game. He's the MVP. It's not even close. Steph continues on this tear, gets that team out of the 7 through 10 space. That's a possibility. To me, the person that no one's talking about, and I'm not talking about the Utah Jazz, because even if they finish with the best record in the NBA, there's no singular person to pick. The person nobody's talking about, if the Phoenix Suns finish with the best record in the NBA, Chris Paul is my MVP. That's just me, folks. Ray's, Ray wants to just mic Jesus. drop. And Ray, Ray, Ray's like, Ray's done. He's like, uh, great show, guys. Best show ever. He's so happy over there. That's that's how I got it breaking down. I'm looking forward to the end of this season. I'm looking forward to see how this play-in tournament develops itself. Gentlemen, last thoughts before we close out this great edition of Three Man Weave Chair Shot Radio Friday morning. Go ahead, Ray. Woo! Woo! I love this show. I love this show. Hey, shout hey, shout out to CP3 though. Chris, anything to add? I agree. Shout out to Trey Young. Last time I checked, the Hawks were, what, in fourth or fifth place? I might mess around and get to go to a playoff game this year, gentlemen. Shout out to Clint Capella. Because <laughs> he's made the uh, difference. Clint Capella. Yeah. All right, folks. We thank you for listening every single day, especially today. Tuning in. Three-man weave, NFL draft, UFC 261, and some NBA MVP conversation. Don't forget the total package premieres next Wednesday, April 28th right there on the chairshot.com on chairshot radio network ray why don't you let everybody know where they can find you before we get the hell out of here you can find me at they actually believe in the suns this year <laughs> aka it's ray cash r-e-y as in mysterio c-a-s-h as in dollars i'm blown away i'm blown away i'm so happy right now you know black people don't melanin doesn't allow me to blush but i'm blushing right now <laughs> chris what do you got this Mellon Farmer act like we didn't sit through the Dan Tony, Steve Nash error, the Mike Westfall, R.I.P. Charles Westfall. Barkley, Kevin Johnson error. Like that was fifteen on, years ago, Chris. Can I get some love now? Okay. Fine, I'll give you a virtual hug. As I'm virtually hugging Ray, you all can find me on Twitter at the Real C Platt. Also, make sure you guys tune into Pot is War debuting every Thursday evening here on thechairshot.com and just tune in for everything we got going on man we've got a lot of great shows a lot of talented people writers and opinion makers all you got to do is go to chairshot.com click on something it doesn't even matter which click on you're going to love it I guarantee it gentlemen I thank you once again for a lovely weave between us three men if you didn't listen to Potus War check that out that was last night listen to Outsider's Edge later today DWI tomorrow and total package next week. For everybody over at thechairshot.com, my name is PC Tunney. Remember to always use your head. Have a great weekend.
TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. Sports, 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 sports.